Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. A reader sent me a link to a video by Britt Gillette titled, This is Beyond Bad. Well, that sounds like something I'd rather not watch, and maybe you wouldn't either, but I did watch it, and a lot of it makes sense. I've got a link below for those interested in watching it. It's about 32 minutes in length. Well, the video helped me understand things a bit better about the economy, how it works, and where things are headed. What the USA is going through and will continue to go through financially is similar to what a person goes through as bankruptcy looms. Bankruptcy, as we know, occurs when a person continually spends beyond their means, often using their credit cards, and they wind up racking up huge amount of debt. Well, to pay the debt down, they often also end up borrowing more on their credit cards so they can pay minimum payments on what they owe. This quickly becomes, you know, rather untenable because minimum payments continue to go up because they continue to take out more money on those cards. Now, eventually, it comes down to one option, bankruptcy, which is really a financial reset complete with bad credit for up to 10 years. Now, the federal government, of course, is a bit different than individual consumers, so in the end, though, the same thing applies. It's not like the government gets out of this. Currently, the federal government is in over $3 trillion in debt. Eventually, the federal government will default on its debt, even if that doesn't happen this particular June, as potentially predicted, because the USA's debt is held by other nations and very wealthy individuals who are not going to want to keep lending money to the U.S. without charging extreme interest. So this interest will create more debt much quicker, aside from what additional money is borrowed, and that will lead to the point where the U.S. will have no ability to pay any appreciable debt back to its debtors. When that happens, the U.S. will be looking at what they're calling a great reset. Now, I'm not sure how that's all going to pan out or how long it will be before this financial reset occurs, but it will probably be like another Great Depression. Realistically, when this occurs, digital IDs and digital currencies will really be pushed. Right now, we're hearing more about the need for digital IDs for each person and CBDCs, which are central bank digital currencies, to replace all hard cash and money. So they want that to happen. They're broaching the subject now. They're getting us used to the idea Zach from Wretched Watchman explains exactly what these digital currencies will be like and what they'll mean for us. There are two digital currencies. One is the version that central banks hold. The other is the one for retail establishments and consumers. Zach's video is about 18 minutes if you're interested. And again, it's linked in the transcript. He also notes, by the way, that there cannot be digital currencies before there are digital IDs. That means that consumers must be willing to sign on and accept a digital ID for themselves. Now, I don't want one. I don't even see the need for one. But they're going to sell it hard until it becomes mandated that everyone must have one. I also don't see the need for digital currencies either, but currently it's being sold as instantaneous, safe, 
secure, convenient. Today, I guess everything must be convenient and instant, I guess. So if we look back, when the CV virus became known to the world, it was presented as so devastating with nothing to treat it that the best option, at least until the warp speed jab became available, was to shut down most businesses and lock people in their homes to keep the thing from spreading. When they did have to go out of their homes, they must wear masks and remain at least six feet away from people. It was presented as all for our health and safety. This began the assault on the economy from which we've not recovered and we won't recover. The supply chain took a major hit and has never fully come back. Now, if things continue, probably, the economy will crash along with another possible stock market crash leading to another Great Depression. When is this all going to occur? I don't know. And I doubt that anyone truly knows, but it will happen and cause financial devastation for many. This will be used to make digital IDs and CBDCs absolutely mandatory, just like the CV jab was, but it's no longer mandatory. Right now, these are all being pushed softly as a choice, preparing people to reach for them. And when everything hits the fan, you know, be ready. We will not wake up tomorrow and be forced to obtain a digital ID and hand over our cash in exchange for digital currencies. For the new financial reset system to work, everyone will need a digital ID and must embrace the new coming digital monetary system. Now, interestingly, the software, quote unquote, if you will, that will make digital currencies possible is what is now being adopted through the FedNow program. I know I've talked about that briefly before, and Zach talks about that as well in his video. The FedNow is not digital currency. So it's good to understand that. It will simply make it possible for digital currencies to work instantly between banks all over the world. Why have to wait a day or even hours when it can be instant? But at what cost? Freedom, sovereignty, anonymity. Well, this new digital system Digital IDs and digital currencies will ultimately lead to the Antichrist gaining control of all people and will be ultimately tied into the mark of the beast, Revelation 13, during the second half of the coming seven-year tribulation period. Refusing to take the mark of the beast means not being able to buy or sell. It could be also very much worse than that, including your death. But no matter what you may have in your digital bank account at that point, it's going to be locked. This already occurred in Canada when truckers tried to buck the CV jab mandate with their convoy of freedom movement. So we dare not think it's not impossible. Governments can do a lot and they can do a lot to target people and remove their freedom and mobility. Now, I've also I also believe that the point when the beast marks becomes mandatory, the mark of the beast, the beast mark, I think when it becomes mandatory, the U.S. will already have failed financially and will be being rebuilt from the ashes, you know, build back better to some degree, at least. Once digital IDs and currencies are put into effect, the ability to control all people will then finally be possible. I don't see how the U.S. can avoid this. Do you? There is so much corruption and severe overspending in our federal government that there appears no way out. A few in Congress are trying to help, but it may be too little, too late anyway. 
So coming to terms with all of this actually should create a measure of peace within us because there is nothing we can do to stop the coming financial collapse any more than Joseph could have stopped the coming seven-year famine. It's beyond our control. There's no amount of protesting, yelling, or resisting on our part that will keep the dam from breaking and a financial tsunami happening here in the U.S. and throughout the world. It really has to happen. It, it, I don't see how it can be avoided. The only questions are when and how bad will it be? And I don't know either one of those. Once it does occur, the new system will take effect. And I personally think it's already been created and simply waiting in the wings to unroll it. Strangely, I am at peace over this, and it probably has to do with the fact that things have progressed too far along to go back. We cannot overturn what God has said will occur and is going to allow. And while we might not like it, we can't overthrow it, and why should we want to if God has determined it? It reminds me of the time Babylon's Nebuchadnezzar conquered Judah, Jerusalem, and took captives back to his Babylonian kingdom in 2 Kings 25. Now, if you'll recall, through mainly Jeremiah at the time, God specifically told those in Judah that they should not resist and should simply go to Babylon into captivity. And they should also seek peace in Babylon during their captivity so that they would have peaceful lives while they were there. God promised to release them from the captivity captivity after 70 years, which meant a new generation would go back to Judah. Most had most of the original would have died. Interestingly enough, there were false prophets in Judah at the time who said God would provide the victory over Nebuchadnezzar in a short period of time, not 70 years. And you know what's interesting is there are many false prophets today in our society who tell us good things about what's coming, including a major revival. Ignore them. God will deal with them. They are not truth-tellers. One such false prophet during Jeremiah's day was Hananiah, found in Jeremiah 28, 2-4, who told lies as if truth, and he said he was speaking for God. Here's what he said. I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. And I will bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah, who went to Babylon, says the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. All right, that's what, that was his prophetic message. Jeremiah prophesied the people of Judah would be in Babylon for 70 years. Hananiah said God was going to break Nebuchadnezzar's yoke of bondage in two years, because Hananiah literally preached what Jeremiah calls rebellion against God. God took Hananiah's life by the end of that year for his blasphemy. You know, I tend to wish sometimes that God would do the same thing with some of the false prophets today who continually traffic in lies, who continually say they speak for God, but don't. We authentic Christians have not made the USA what it currently is, corrupt to the core because of increasing rejection of God resulting in absolute godlessness. We're in this world, but not of it. And we must provide for our families by often shopping at stores where godlessness reigns. 
God is not angry with us because we have to do that. He is, of course, aware that this is the way the world has gone and our options are few. Not everyone can grow a garden or have their own livestock. And even if you could grow a garden, could you grow enough food for your entire family to eat 100% of the time and never have to go to the store? Governments of this world have purposefully pushed God out and oppose him and his moral code at every turn. Authentic Christians have not participated in the world's rebellion. But while we're here sojourning through, like the Judeans during Nebuchadnezzar's day, it is best to take the approach that they took. We can read about that in Jeremiah 29, 5-9. It says, build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you. I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, the city, for in its peace, you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. Wow. Okay. That's pretty clear. In other words, God told them to continue living and ignore everyone who says that something different than what God said through Jeremiah was going to happen. Continue living. We should not fear to, uh, we should not allow fear to overwhelm us because of circumstances beyond our control. It shouldn't happen, financial or otherwise. And instead, trust Him, God, fully. For our daily bread, God will take care of those who seek him, who depend upon him, who humble themselves before him. He will not forget us or forsake us. Be at peace knowing you have done what you were able to do physically and spiritually, hopefully, and you now must rely solely on the Lord and his ability to lead you, to guide you, and to provide for you and your family. I cannot imagine him failing any more than he failed to provide the people during Joseph's day or during Nebuchadnezzar's day when they were in Babylon and during Joseph's day when seven years of famine hit the land after the seven years of plenty. We've had our years of plenty and that appears to be almost over. Now, I'm not speaking as a prophet here because I am not a prophet. I'm simply looking at things and understand that what we've had cannot last forever with what's going on in society and has been going on in society for quite some time. It'll all come to an end soon with a good deal of lack following that. Nonetheless, trust the Lord, our God, our rock, our Savior, and our Lord. He knows our frame. He will not fail. Well, I hope this has been good for you to listen to. And um, I thank you for joining me. And I pray that until we meet again, God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. 
You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 